Welcome to another edition of Highland Football Weekly with me, Ian Auld, a real legend on this week's podcast, someone who's admired on both sides of the Keswick Bridge, a man who's played for some big clubs down south, graced Wembley in cup finals and played in the Premier League as well as international caps to his name. Don Cowie, a very good evening to you. How are you? I'm great, thank you, and thank you for having me on your show. Don, it's been a crazy couple of months, to say the least, with um, you know the coronavirus, the pandemic, etc. But uh, how have you been yourself personally and also professionally? Because you made a, a big decision to um, hang up the football boots as well and, and get into coaching full-time. Yeah, I think it, it's been a time for uh, not just myself, but probably uh, a number of people to reflect um you know, I got to a stage in my career um, at my age, uh, being 37, you know, I feel I've had a, a great time uh, playing and the opportunity was there to, you know, retire and, and go into the, the coaching side on a, a full-time basis and after weighing everything up, I just felt it was the right time. Um, you know, it was great to get back playing at the end of last season, um, really enjoyed that. And, and that was probably the, the big decision I had because I had managed to get back playing. Um, it was whether I, I won season. But I thought I'd maybe have the same decision in another 12 months. And um, just the way the world is, um, the way football is when we go back, it's it's not going to be what we're used to. And, you know, piecing all that together, I just felt it was the right time to uh, bring, it, bring an end to um, a very enjoyable career. Yeah, and it's one we're going to look over. There's, uh, we could keep you here all night. There's so much to ask you about your, uh, your playing career. Listen, let's be honest. I mentioned there you're a you're a Ross County legend. You know, and, and a lot of Ross County fans are very excited to to have you on the podcast and and have you back in Dingwall uh, and playing for Ross County. You've you've spent the last two seasons, of course, as a player now as a coach. But that's where it all started uh, for yourself. But you grew up with football if you like and you grew up with a in a Ross County household as well your dad was a was a player for Ross County as well how big an influence did the did the family and, and the Ross County connection have on on your career it was huge um, it was all I knew from from the moment I can remember really from a little boy um, being the, the youngest of, of four boys uh, all my brothers were were very good very keen footballers and also you know, having my dad, who was a big part of the club, um, I don't remember uh, him playing too much and, and watching him. It was more when when he was um, the assistant manager, and I would I'd go along to the Ross County games uh, with my three brothers and and watch them and travel the north of Scotland. And that that's probably where it started for myself. Um, and like I say, having three older brothers who you you, you would play football with, socialise every night playing and, and probably you know, learnt, learnt me everything I, I knew at that age and helped me along the way and, and those are the memories that you know, I'll always remember and always be grateful you know, between my brothers um, my dad and also my mum who supported me through those young younger years as a, you know, a player travelling all over the north of Scotland taking me places um, to sort of establish myself and, and within the Ross County setup, having football ingrained in the, in the family, if you like, was that always something that you wanted to be? You know, wanted to be a professional footballer. Yeah, um, I think my my school teachers will vouch for that. Um, 
I don't know if you remember when, if you were younger yourself, you would you would go away for the weekend, and um, when you came back on the Monday, you would you would get a blank half page, and and underneath it would be some lines, and you would draw a picture, and then um, write a wee story of what you did over the weekend, and I, I think it came to to parents' evening uh, numerous times, and. The same story came back to to my mum and dad that does Don do anything except except for play football? Um, there was a, the odd game of golf in there, but uh, it was very much you know football, football, football for myself. Um, and luckily, like I say, I had you know great support from from my parents, my brothers that that allowed me to do that. Um, you know, I still carried on trying to do my schoolwork as best as I could, but. At the back of my mind, it was it was football that I was you know that I wanted to do so much. And I was desperate to do it really. Now that Ross County connection was was there obviously at a young age as well. There's a, a, a there was a photograph on online and in certain publications I've seen of I think yourselves at St Cuthbert Wanderers perhaps I think you the mascot that day was it the Scottish Cup tie against the Cuthbert Wanderers and you're leading the the team out. So you've always had that that kind of county connection, but. In terms of you know getting into the the youth setup, how did that or how did that come about, and how was those those years kind of working your way uh, through the, the the youth setup at Ross County? Yeah, you know it was it was a bit different back then. It was a Highland League club, um, so it was it was very much um, you know just going down to your local team to to play football. It was a, a a boys club that you know everyone was it was available to anyone that wanted to go, and uh, you know. Some great people who ran it. You know, my my parents were involved at, at certain stages. Um, you know, top of my head, Alan Gear, Tom Morton, who who played a big part. Um, it was just it was just a social thing, really. Um, and as the club started to grow, things start to change, and um, you know, it, it went through the. You know, we obviously got into the the Scottish League, um, and I always say it. it a lot of it's down to to timing and, and luck and football and it just so happened when the time I was leaving school was when being a full time footballer was an option at Ross County for a youth player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, be, before that, that was that wasn't available. You know, I had, like I said, three older brothers who were all very good uh, that also trained with Ross County at different age groups, and but that that option wasn't there um, for them three, so they they went off to. To pursue different careers, whereas you know my time was when I was leaving school. Oh, you can go as a as a skill seeker at Ross County, and it was just perfect timing for myself, um, and it enabled uh, me and a number of other uh, local players to to become a, a full time footballer. We weren't professional footballer, you know. You can't say you're your first team player, but we were we were learning our trade, we were doing our jobs, you know, along the way. We were doing our um, college work. Um, but also seeing what it's like to be, to be a full-time footballer. Um, and, you know, there were great times, made some great memories, great friendships that I still have to this day. Um, and that, that was the, the start of the process, really. Now, you eventually do break into the first team the end of the 2000-2001 season. Uh, 18 years old, you make your debut towards the end of the season and a game against Wraith Rovers Ross County win 4-0 that day take us back to that day making your your first team debut what are your memories of that day I'm sure which is a very special day for yourself and your family yeah there wasn't there wasn't many um, 
youth players involved in the first team at that stage. So I, I remember the week before, I think I went down to play Clyde and I was part of the squad, um, but I didn't get stripped. So there was that little weighted the appetite you were you were part of the squad, but I, you know I didn't I didn't get on the pitch or anything like that. And then the following week, it was it was the last game, home game of the season. It was the last game of the season, and you know there was nothing to play for really. It was you know a dead rubber. You know we couldn't go anywhere within the league. Um, and when the the team got named, I was playing. So it was it was a massive achievement for myself because it's something that you you you're, you want to happen, but you're not sure it's going to happen. You know, at, at probably a two year period. Been a, a skill seeker where, you know, I was I was pretty small for my age, pretty slight, um, and you know, people kept telling me that I was probably too small to play, but you know, I just sort of persevered and, and got this opportunity and played in the, played in the game. We won four 0 and um, memory serves me right. Martin Press, an Argentinian, came off the bench that day. Mm-hmm. He was a first half substitution that came on, and he went on to. Actually scored a hat trick, and if memory serves me right as well, he I think he was maybe due to leave the club, but on the back of the the hat trick because it was a, a very good one, um, he got a new contract. Uh, so it just shows you again, it's it's all about timing and, and football. What was Neil Cooper like in the lead up to making your debut? What was he like? What advice did he give you? And and, and what kind of character was was he around uh, for yourself? And Neil was, you know, he was a very bubbly person. Um, you know, had a great um, personality about him. Um, he was always, you know, laughing and joking and, and just trying to make you feel at ease, you know, because for a young player, you're, you're nervous, you're anxious, it's it's all new. So, he, you know, he tried to make you feel as, as comfortable as possible. Um, and I'll always remember that and I'll, I'll always be for, uh, grateful for him uh, giving me that opportunity. Um, another player that, that stands out in my head that day was... Um, Nicky Walker, another experienced um, experienced player at the yep. time, who was very um, helpful to me um, on that day. I, I always stick to my head, you know, just someone that made, you know went out of his way to make me feel comfortable in a, a new surrounding and a new environment. Um, and like I say, it was the last game of the season, so there wasn't too much to play for. So that maybe helped me with my nerves a wee bit, but. As soon as you get on that pitch, you know that all go, that all goes after the first five ten minutes, and you just go out there and and try and do what what you know is best, and that's just playing football, um, and that's the way that I went about you know I went about my business, and um, it was a it was a good game for myself and and also for the, the team as well. And from there, I mean, you you pretty much go on to I mean that's the start of your your Ross County career because the following season, if I've done my homework right, you make twenty two starts the following season. And it, it kind of takes off from there. You obviously made a, a big enough impression uh, with Neil and, and the rest of the team as well, because you, you you become a bit of a a bit of a mainstay in the in the in the seasons to come. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to uh, pretend that I was I was pulling up trees or you know anything like that. I was I was I was going along okay. Um, as a young player, there was there was probably dips in form and things like that so the 22 appearances probably comes from from that you know being in and out a little bit and it probably took me a couple of years to be honest to really find my form on a, a consistent basis um, like I say there would be a, a good performance here and there but I, I would uh, 
say that I struggled a wee bit. It wasn't like I, I went straight in and um, I felt, you know, at ease and I felt um, really comfortable playing. Maybe he struggled a little bit from being, the you know, a local player and, um, you know, with the history, with my family, with the club. And it probably wasn't until, um, you know, Alex Smith, Jimmy Bone came to latter stages of, of yeah. their spell that I really felt part of it and I really thought that I was uh, making an impression and uh, part of the team and and that probably coincided then when, when Gardner Spears came and I, you know, I really enjoyed it, I had a, a good season under under him and that was probably the, the second last year before, before I left the club. Yeah, you've played under a, a couple of managers uh, for Ross County in that first spell. Alex Smith is someone who's, whose name has come up a, a few times with guests and you know, I think Alex Smith has got a a big reputation for for working with younger players and and really getting the best out of them. And Alex Smith comes along a few seasons into your, into your stint at Ross County, and I think you know he brought in a, a few younger lads as well and mixed. You know, there was a real good mix of youth and experience in his team, but he seemed to get the best out of the younger lads. He did. He was he was very good with the the younger players, and I think he just for me. He took you out your your comfort zone a little bit. Like I say, I was I was probably just a, a a local player who was comfortable, you know, living at home, uh, being at my home home club. But you know, he wanted more out of you, and he probably cajoled that out of myself. Um, you know, I was quite reserved, quite quiet, but you know, he was always trying to trying to put you out there because you know at the time you had. Um, Similar age to me, John Rankin, mm-hmm. um, Jamie McCunney, We had Charlie Adam on loan. People like that. They were they were quite big characters compared to myself. Um, you know, like to put themselves out there, quite loud, quite vibrant. Whereas I probably, we you know, was quite happy being in the shadow of them rather than putting myself forward. Um, Stephen O'Donnell was another player that that springs to mind, and. You know, I think he just he could see that there was ability there in myself, but he knew there was more, and it probably took for him to for me to realise that, um, and it definitely helped me going forward. It's funny you mentioned there. There's a couple of players that, like John Rankin, for for example, who we we've, we've had on the podcast, and and when we talk about you know players of that era, Ross County, your name always comes up. You know, they they always talk and they always rave about. You know your performance, your performances on the on the field and also in training as well. But there was a real group group of, of talented players at that time at Ross County as well. And there was a, you know, it looked like well, you mentioned there John Rankin. He's went on to like yourself have a a fantastic career in the game as well. That you you've worked with a fair amount of talented players in that spell. Yeah, we did. We have you know, the probably the only regret is that we didn't manage to stay together mm-hmm. uh, a little bit longer. Um, the club was probably starting to go through a bit of a, a transitional period. Um, you know, we had, you know, we had David Winters as well. He was scoring lots of goals. Um, you know, John, myself, uh, Jamie McCanny. Then we had, um, you know, Jim Lachlan, Alec Burke, the, the experience, Stephen McGarry, Sean Higgins. So what Martin Canning? It, it was a very good squad. Um, and I think if we had managed to maybe stay together, and I know it's easy saying it, but if we managed to maybe keep that t- nucleus together for another season, then, you know, I think we could achieve good things. But unfortunately, like I say, the club started to go in a, in a different direction um, and the players started to leave. And then it was, um, you know, maybe 
the club was trying to you know trim the wage bill a little bit, and it, it went down a different route with you know signing even younger players, and um, the experience was slowly was going out of the squad, and I think um, because it was quite a young squad, we needed a bit more experience around us. We mentioned talented players. You also had a few interesting characters, lively characters, shall we say, the likes of Tony Bullock as well. Um, I'm sure that you know again added to the mix as well. Having you know having lively characters in the dressing room must have uh, kept you entertained, but also at the same time, that's what every dressing room characters like those guys. Of course, you know that that's football. You need you need diff- if we were all the same. It would, it would be boring, you know. If it was all. All Don Cowies it definitely would be boring, but um, you, you definitely you need that. Um, you know, I've, I've come across many, especially at Ross County, like you say, um, the ones that jump Boney, Alex Bone, like you say, Tony, even further back, uh, Paul Kinnear, uh, Craig Tagger, um, just numerous ones, and and they help keep the squad together. They they again for myself, they they, they bring you out your shell because. You might walk in the dressing room, you're quite happy, sit in the corner and mind your own business. But these people, they realise that that's what you want to do. So they, they try and take out your comfort zone, Stephen McGarry, people like that. And it, it makes you become a better person because it enables you to deal with, with different scenarios because you have to come out of your your comfort zone and stop being shy, etc. Because if not, in, in that environment, you'll, you'll get annihilated. No. You mentioned, I think, earlier on their transition. The the as the years go on at Ross County, you mentioned Gardner Spears there, and that season, Ross County had a, you know, we're with a chance of 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 going up. You know, they were they were competing at the at the right end of the of the first division. The following season, Scott Leach comes in, and it doesn't go to plan. Ross County get relegated. That's your last season with the club of your your first spell with County. Were you disappointed to? To end on the on the way you did because obviously you you then left in the summer and, and joined Cali Thistle. Yeah, so um, again, it comes down to timing, and my contract was was due to to end at the end of that season. Uh, and with a new rule at that time, when you were you know you were twenty four, you could you could twenty three coming twenty four, you could speak to other clubs, and you know I got to January. Um, like I say, I could tell that things were starting to change within the club, um, and I was entitled to, to speak to other other clubs in January. Um, and there was a couple of teams interested, and one was was Inverness, who were an established you know Premier League club at the time. Um, I signed a pre contract with them in the January um, for footballing reasons, purely because I thought. It was a great opportunity for me to, to take my, my career to a different stage, a different level, Premier League football. I didn't think I was going to get that with Ross County uh, in the near future. So, you know, I signed the pre-contract. I was captain of Ross County at the time. I knew it was it was a brave decision, but again, like I say, it was, it was a pure, you know, footballing decision. Um so when you sign a pre-contract and you know the talks then come between the two clubs and you know I believe Inverness tried to to get it to happen um, in the January, you know, late January, sort of maybe the last few days of the window, and as Ross County are entitled to do, that you know they turn around and say no, it's not happening, which is fine. Um, 
but then the club have a decision to make. Uh, they know that I'm going to be leaving in the summer. I was captain, so they decide that you know I'm no longer going to be the captain, which I you know I totally respect. Mm -hmm. um, respected the decision because you know they might have felt my head was was elsewhere. But as soon as they say no, I'm not leaving. That's it, right? I'm going to focus on playing for Ross County, but I'm not captain. Um, luckily, this, the next game after that happened, you know, we played away to to Park Thistle. Very poor, very poor game. We were losing one 0 and I think it was in the 90th minute, the ball falls to me in the edge of the box, and I scored a very good volley, um, which gave us a point. And I think my emotion when I when I scored that equaliser just showed where I was in my head at the time that it still meant so much you know for me you know for myself to score that goal and which I was was hoping to be a, a precious point for us come the end of the season so as soon as that happened that goal that that you know made me realize that this still means an awful lot to me even though I'm going to go to you know something new in the summer I was focused on on trying to help the club stay in the league and unfortunately you know that didn't happen We've spoken to a few guys who have made the move either side of the, the Keswick Bridge, like Sir Andy Barriman was on a couple of weeks ago. John Rankin, I always, I always liked his, his answer to this question because it was quite honest, but at the same time, you know, I could see where he was coming from when he moved from Ross County to Cali Thistle. He spoke about the reception was, it wasn't icy, but it wasn't far from it because he was coming from County to Cali Thistle. But what he, I think he was getting at was the, the Cali Thistle players were a really tight unit and there was someone new coming into the, the environment. What was your... Um, can you remember the reaction when you when you linked up with Cali Thistle and your new teammates? Was it a, was it a warm welcome or was it, you know, did it take, take a while for the, the guys there to, to get used to you? Very similar. I, I think I was fortunate in the fact that, that John had gone the previous season. Mm -hmm. Um so I had that almost that ally there to help me settle in. Um, you know, Barry Wilson was there, who uh, you know I, I know well because yep. um, my dad, my dad was the assistant manager under you know his father Bobby. So there was a connection there. Um, you know, Graham Bain was there as well, another player that that I knew well that had moved from Roscoe. So that helped me settle in having having that players. But but I know what John, you know meant by that it was a it was a was a close-knit uh, club it was a, a team who had done unbelievably well for the previous you know three or four seasons and to be honest I went in there and I, I'm not saying you know Inverness didn't exactly pull up trees to, to get me to the club but probably having John there um, Donald Park who was a, the assistant manager who had previously worked at, at Ross County uh, not long before that, they were the they were probably the two that that made the move happen. It wasn't you know they had an abundance of, of midfielders at the time between John, um, Roy McBain, Russell mm -hmm. Duncan, Barry Wilson, uh, Richie Hart. You know very good Premier League midfielders who were established within the league. So it wasn't like they were desperate for for someone like me. Again, it was just. Timing. I was out of contract. I was a local player, so there was no no issue there in terms of um, relocating. So it was probably quite an easy signing for the for the club at the time, and they probably didn't envisage the way things happened for me once I went there. Now you join Charlie Christie's the manager when you joined the club, and it's funny because I remember 
The you score your first goal for Cali Thistle against St Mirren away. The clubs start the season with three defeats, and I always remember in the old Love Street, I went down to do the press after the game, and Donald Park appeared, and Donald Park never liked doing press, and I think someone said, "Oh, where's 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 Charlie?" And I remember Donald. I always remember Donald Park saying, "Oh no, no, nothing to worry about. It's fine. No, no, nothing to worry about. He's uh, he's got something to attend to." And then, lo and behold, a couple of days later, Charlie Christie leaves. He's obviously the manager when you when you join, and and, and knowing Charlie, you know he, he's you know a very very good manager, very good coach uh, as well, and, and and the style of football he likes to play. Were you disappointed to see Charlie go so soon into your into your Cali Thistle uh, career? Yeah, of course you are. Um, you know, it's the manager that, that signed you. Like I say, the, the the one positive for myself was that that Parky Doll Park was still there, mm-hmm. who I, I did have a, a good relationship with. And it's not often that your your manager uh, leaves three games into the season. You know, I know we lost three games, but one of them was against Rangers. Um, you know, exactly pinning your hopes on on getting three points in that game. Yeah, the other two you're you're looking to pick up points, but they were both away in um, Motherwell and St Mirren, so it was a bit of a shock to be honest that the way it tra- you know transpired and, and he left so soon, um, and then you know you start to be apprehensive because for myself um, I played the game against Motherwell, which was my first start, and, and you know I set the goal up even though we lost two one, and then the next game I score against St Mirren. Um, we lose two one, so you're starting to feel, you know, part of the team. You think, right, I can play Premier League football, and then all of a sudden the manager changes, and you know, you know that when that happens, it's it's a clean slate for everyone. So you start, you start being a bit um, apprehensive and anxious of, well, it's it's a level playing field again. Them performances that you've just put on the last two games mean nothing because the manager might not rate you, the new manager. So you're sort of waiting to see see how things progress so Craig Brewster comes in to replace uh, Charlie Christie that's his second spell at the club and and I, looking though I covered the team that season and I remember some games fondly uh, one big highlight for yourself scoring the winner against Celtic and I think it was just before Christmas maybe a week before Christmas Cali Thistle won the game 3-2 David Proctor got sent off I remember rightly so we're down to 10 men but it was a real topsy-turvy game but to come out as winners and score the winner Against Celtic live on television as well must have been a, another highlight for yourself. Yeah, we were we were going along, um, you know, great at the time. I think we we won five league games on the trot around that spell, which yep. which is no mean feat, you know, especially for for a club like you know Cali. It's not something you do too often in the Premier League, and you know, confidence was was sky high at the time, and to to add a, a victory against Celtic in there was was unbelievable, you know. Coming from from two 0 down, and you know winning three two is it's a game that I'll, I'll always remember. And like you say, scoring the winning goal, it's it's you know something you dream of as a as a little boy. Um, and it was great times. Like I say, confidence was, was sky high amongst the squad. Um, the, the the only probably negative around that spell was that you know we had a settled team, but. But John Rankin was leaving in mm-hmm. the January. He was he ended up going off to Hibs, and then you know the the, the dynamics of the team changes a little bit, um, and we didn't quite manage to to regain that form. 
uh, for the rest of the season. But it was still, you know, a very enjoyable time. Now you you leave Cali Thistle um, start of two thousand and nine. It's just before um, Terry Butcher comes into the club. Uh, Craig Brewster obviously loses his job. But I want to I want to get your thoughts on this because there's been lots of players that have played for both Ross County and Cali Thistle. Obviously, we're now seeing the latest Cal Tramarco who who joined you guys in the summer, and um, and and obviously there's a bit of stick that comes with that. Um, you know Ian Vigers, who's now Ross County captain. We've We've had him on the podcast, and we've we, we've talked about the the you know the banter that is exchanged between the Ross County fans and Cali Thistle fans, well mainly Cali Thistle fans towards Ian Vigers. But for yourself, um, we did a we did a, a poll on Twitter of all the of all the players that have played for both Ross County and Cali Thistle. You come out as probably the one that that both fans admired as well. You know, you you seem to have obviously you know you've got. You know, a, a, a list of well, a list of admirers, both sides of the bridge. As I said at the very start, but you kind of united the support a wee bit. Did that, that must have, you know, again pleased you that the Cali Thistle fans took to you, and, uh, and you know, and you're not the pantomime villain if you like when you whenever you go to the the Caledonian Stadium. Well, it's it's nice to know that. Um, I think maybe again that maybe go, goes back to the fact that there was maybe not too much expectation when I signed for Inverness, and maybe. For the fans, I exceeded that, um, especially in the first season. Um, you know, I managed to to play the majority of the, of the games. Um, scored nine goals from midfield, which was you know probably my best return as a, as a professional. Um, you know, the assists in there, etc. So it was a great season for me. I'm, you know, I, I loved it, and maybe that's why. And and when I left again, I was leaving which I felt, well, it was to, to further my career. You know, I was going to Watford. Yep. So I, I came with, with maybe not too much expectation. I did well. And then when I was leaving, you know, the club got some money for me. They hadn't paid any money for me. They got some money in return. And then, you know, I was going on to, which I thought, bigger and better things at the time. So I think when you put that all together, um, that's maybe what you know where, where the perception comes that, I've not been slaughtered too much. <laughs> and there's been a few that have been slaughtered over the years, but uh, yeah, I think you've uh, you've been all right. You've been uh, you've got off with it. Uh, you mentioned there, obviously, you joined Watford. It's a it's a massive move, of course, moving to to London as well. It's funny we talked about London a few podcasts ago with Duncan Shearer, but I think things were different when Duncan Shearer moved to Chelsea back in the eighties. Of course, you joined Watford two thousand and nine. You're going to join a club in the Championship. They're in London, you know, a, a big club as well uh, in terms of a club who's just recently been relegated from the, the Premier League down south as well. But you, you link up with Brendan Rodgers, who's the manager at Watford at the time. A guy who's gone on to achieve tremendous success, of course, with Celtic and now Leicester. Um, and he's infancy as a, as a coach. But but what's what was he like, you know, working with him at, at Watford? It was, it, was, it was a short, uh, brief spell, but it was... Again, an extremely enjoyable time for myself. You know, one, I couldn't believe that I was, you know, in that short space of time, I'd gone from playing in the championship with Ross County and now all of a sudden I'm, I'm playing in the championship for um, for Watford. You know, first game was an FA Cup game against Chelsea and you're sort of, you're pinching yourself. You, you can't believe how, how quickly things have sort of progressed um, and you're working with Brendan, who at the time... 
you know, I didn't know too much about I You know, I did a little bit of background in terms of, you know, he, re- he had to retire early, etc. But, you know, I didn't, when you see where he is right now, I could tell he could get there because, you know, his coaching skills and his man management were second to none. Um, it was just a great, great period to work under. You know, when I signed, we were... Um, in the January time, I think we were third or fourth bottom um, in a 24-team league, and coming into the season, you know, we finished 12. So the second half of the season went, you know, extremely well, and then coming into the season, that's when, um, you know, Reading come and, and sort of poach them away. Reading, maybe certainly right, they weren't too long out of the Premier League. Um, Watford were going through a transitional period again financially starting to probably uh, level the books off a little bit whereas Reading had this pot of money because they've not long been relegated so they had that pool and he actually lived in Reading so you know it was a six month spell that I got to work with him Uh, an unbelievable time uh, for myself but you know I just wish it was a bit longer. Now Malky Mackay comes in a guy who you've worked with or you're going to work with at Cardiff but but living in London did did you live well did you live in London? How was is, how is London life for a guy who, you know, was used to a, a more quieter life, if you like, up in the up in the Highlands? Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't really make the most of it. Uh, looking back, um, myself and my wife regret it a little bit. We, you know, we had a when I moved to to Watford, our, our oldest daughter now Ava was was only six months at the time. So the thought of going in and out of London didn't really appeal to us. Um, we were, you know, Watford's North London. So we were only probably half an hour in the train to get there, which mm-hmm. we, you know we did do on occasions, but definitely didn't didn't make the most of the the situation uh, geographically. But um, you know we lived in the outskirts, was still you know totally different to what we were used to um, from where we're from, but not quite the hecticness of London. And no way, uh, no Elton John. He's the of course the celebrity Watford fan. I think he. He owns a stake in the club as well. No, uh, no rubbing shoulders with Elton John. No, but Malky used to tell the stories that he would get random phone calls at stupid o'clock uh, from you know numbers that he didn't know, and he would answer it. And it would be it would be Elton on the other other line, you no know, way. asking about what was going on within the club. But I never got the privilege of uh, of coming across him myself. Malky Mackay, you mentioned there, he's obviously someone who. You know, you know, there's been a lot, a lot in the press about Malky. I don't want to, I don't want to delve into that too much uh, over the last couple of years. But um, he's now employed by the SFA. He was involved in the the, the Dundee United uh, uh, vacancy a couple of weeks ago as well. You work with him at, at Watford, and then you go into work with him at, at Cardiff. Was he the the main reason for you, you know, joining Cardiff um, and linking up with Malky? He was again. <laughs> It comes down to I was I'd had two and a half years at Watford. Um, it's not, believe me, it's not that I get itchy feet, but it's just the way football is. Mm-hmm. I got to the end of a contract, and the club were were wanting me to to sign a new deal. I was offered a, you know a good deal to stay, but I just felt again the the club was going through that that transitional period where it, it was starting to um, struggle a little bit. And you know, I'd made my mind up that I was going to leave, and I was leaving prior to um, 
Malky leaving. Malky was still the manager of Watford at the time. Um, so I, you know, had in my head that I was leaving. I was weighing up my options, and truth be told, I, I thought I was probably going to be going to Swansea. Um, Brendan was a manager at Swansea at the time, um, so there was that that connection to go to Swansea. Um, I'll never forget. I was watching the the playoff final. Uh, Swansea were playing. Uh, I think it was against Reading. Uh, Scott Sinclair scored a hat trick, and they went up. And I'm almost watching the game as a Swansea fan wanting them to win because in my head I'm thinking there's a strong possibility I'm going to to Swansea um, and they, they go on they win the game and then probably a week later Malky or around that time Malky leaves to go to to take the Cardiff job now I'd played you know against Cardiff a few times in the championship and I knew how big the club was and mm-hmm. the players that they had at that time that I'd played against um, you know Jay Boffroyd uh, they'd had uh, Aaron Ramsey on loan Craig Bellamy on loan um, Peter Whittingham rest in peace um, you know players like that and I knew how good they were and Malky had taken the job and I was in Florida at the time on a, my summer holiday with family and you know I'm sort of waiting to hear what's happening with the with the Swansea situation and then Malky had spoke to my agent and said, "Look, I'm I'm the Cardiff going to Cardiff. I'd like to take Dom with me." And you know that's how 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 quickly things can change. You know you think you're going possibly somewhere else, but uh, when when I knew Malky was going to Cardiff and I knew how big a club it was, they were always fighting at the top end of the championship. Um, just couldn't quite get over the line in terms of getting promoted. Uh, I thought it was an exciting um, prospect to go there and be part of something special. They are a massive club, you're right, and the Premier League dream for yourself in Cardiff is, is quickly realised, but that first season you're with Cardiff City, I mean, you, you make 59 appearances that season, uh, you reach the, the playoffs of the uh, the semi-final playoff, sorry, you lose to West Ham, you also reach the Carling Cup final against Liverpool, a, a, a massive achievement for the club, but when you when you look at the game, I mean, you guys were, were close to, to causing an upset as well. Talk to us about appearing at, at Wembley against Liverpool in, in the Carling Cup final, another you know, career highlight for yourself, but I'm assuming it's one that you look back and just think, well, what if, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was a dream come true, really. I'm a, I'm a Liverpool fan, so right. um, you know, to, to be in a, a national final at Wembley, 90,000 people against the club that you sport against you know Steven Gerrard the, the person the player that I, I idolised really you know so you're you're coming again, up against your your heroes really um, and to come you know so close it was it was unbelievable you know we, we get we take them to penalties and you know they weren't at their, their best but you know we maxed our effort and, and gave it everything we could and you know, it was it was heartbreaking to, to not get to get a winner's medal that day, but at the same time, it's it's unbelievable memory. You know, it's a game. I don't know how many messages I've had in the, in lockdown regarding that game because it seems to be getting repeated all the time on the, on TV. So lots of people seem to be coming across it, and it, it just keeps bringing it back back to my memory. But you know, it's, it's a, it was a great it was a great game, great occasion for. For myself, my family, you know, everyone was there to, to say that you, you played in a 
national final, you know, at Wembley. You mentioned there, Gerard's obviously a, well, someone that's interesting, someone who you'll, who you've come up against and will come up against this season in terms of in the dugout. But you came up against him that day. You mentioned he's, he was your kind of hero growing up as well. It, it must have been, you know, a, a real a real dream for you, you know, pitting your wits against, you know, a fellow midfielder and someone who you who you look up to. Like I say, it was because, you know, I'd never played against them uh, until that stage. So you're, you, to play against the team that you sport is, like I say, it's, it's a dream come true. You, you can't get any better than that. Um, the only better scenario would be to have beaten them and, and, and win the, the winner's medal but if anyone you wanted to to lose the final to it would have been Liverpool you know <laughs> they were struggling themselves at the time so it was a, a big moment for them just to, to get a, a trophy you know they hadn't won one in, in so long so uh, if that was uh, one positive from the day was that um, you know, it certainly didn't look like they were going to go on to achieve what they are right now, that's for sure. Am I right in saying that Kenny Dalglish, was he the, I think he was maybe caretaker at the time, he was, was he manager of Liverpool at that time as well? He, yeah, he, yeah, he was the manager, yeah. Yeah, so a real, a real Scottish connection, and talking of Scottish connections, there was there was plenty at, at Cardiff, um, a lot of you know Scottish lads have, have, have played for the club, and in your time as well, I'm sure there was a, there was a few, Kenny Miller for example as well, uh, Kev McNaughton, um, who listeners will of course know, who played for Aberdeen and Cali Thistle. There was a real, a real good Scottish connection going on at Cardiff as well. Oh, it was it was a brilliant time, um, not just for myself but for my family as well. Because you know people forget you. You know they have this persona, footballers, um, lifestyle, etc. But that's a, a very small minority. Um, as as footballers, you go away. Um, you could be at one club and. You go to another, and it's okay for the the players because you you just go off and you go and sign for your club, and then that's you. You're there, and then it's your family that then has to, to come and join you. So, you know, going to Cardiff where you don't really know anyone, and then you get there and there's this real real Scottish connection invasion going on at <laughs> uh, the club. You know, so when every every second game's away, you're away on a Friday night staying over in the hotel you don't get back till late Saturday so you know that your family's you know left at home but mm-hmm. there was that great great sort of togetherness on and off the field because there were so many you know the, the the wives and the kids got on so well you know because like you say there was Kenny there was David Marshall there was Craig Conway um, Kev McNaughton like you say Paul Quinn was there so you know things like that it, it makes you feel better within yourself as a player because you know that they're coming as well, mm-hmm. um, which, cer- which certainly helps you for when you go and uh, you know try and perform on the pitch. As I mentioned there, you your Premier League dream is is realised. The Cardiff City win the championship in season 2012-2013. Uh, first of all, how how good a feeling is it winning that? Because that is you know the the, the dream of every championship club is to is to get promoted. But how how important and how Good was it winning the championship and then knowing that you're going to be playing your trade in one of the biggest leagues in the world, the Premier League. Yeah, it's a, a massive achievement because, like I said, it, the club had, um, you know, not just be- before I came, it had come up short, you know, three or four seasons in the playoff, and then my first season we lose in the, the semi final against a strong West Ham team. Um, so then the following season to actually 
win it outright and you know we won we won it quite comfortably in the end um, it was it was a great team and great feeling you know at the moment the uh, euphoria of uh, winning the league uh, the winners medal the celebrations uh, memories that I'll you know I've got you know saved in videos because it's it's something that doesn't happen too often so you've got to cherish uh, these moments so it'll be you know it's great to look back on but then straight away you think I'm, I'm in the Premier League and then mm-hmm. you start thinking do I fit in the squad because as you as you're I'm sure you're aware that the money becomes bigger the pot for the the manager to go and spend you know the, the market that he's buying from and you think you know do I fit in within this squad because it's going to get stronger it's only natural um, so you have that little bit of doubt uh, going into uh, the, the Premier League season. It's a real topsy-turvy season for Cardiff, that Premier League season. Your first appearance that season, you beat Man City 3-2, ultimately ends in, in relegation. Malcolm Mackay loses his job um, halfway through the season as well. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the babyface assassin, uh, comes in, but it's too little too late. What are your experiences of working with uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Probably, probably just what what you see is a he's a great guy. Um, probably at the time, he maybe just a, a little bit too nice, mm-hmm. um, and he, I think he was maybe still in the sort of Man United um, sort of headspace in terms of being a manager because you know there's a couple of times that you know it might be, for instance, you won't play this week. But you'll play next week. Now, that's all very well when you're at Man United and you're you're maybe um, trying to win four different trophies. So you've got a squad where you can maybe um, rotate and you can pinpoint what games you're going to play in, um, etc. But when you're at Cardiff, you're in the Premier League. It's just Saturday, 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 unless you know because you're out of the cups. And it, I don't think it, that can work. You've just got to take each game as it comes. You know, try and win that game. If you don't, then you look at the next game. Whereas he was still trying to um, sort of manoeuvre around the fixtures. You know, I remember clear as day the one sort of story that that comes into my head was we had a we had a home game against Stoke. Um, you know, a big game, latter part of the season, mm-hmm. and we drew we drew one one at home um, to Stoke. And I wasn't in the squad. I wasn't in the eighteen. And again, because he's that nice a guy, he told me on the Friday, look, you're not going to be in the 18, which fine, totally. Well, not fine, because I'm, I'm disappointed, but, you know, you respect his decision. Yeah. And um, it was one of those, look, you don't have to come to the game. I know you've got family. It's a home game, bear in mind. You don't have to come to the game. Um, you can stay at home, it's no problem at all. Because he almost, he's always almost trying to be too nice he didn't want you to feel you had to do something so it was like you don't have to come to the game so that, like I say the, the, the team gets a good good point draw one each and um, the following week we're playing Sunderland away uh, which was a massive game yeah. Sunderland away at the time they were down the bottom of the league as well and um, there was no injuries no suspension from the following week we dropped draw one each and I went from not having to go to the game to start in the next week against Sunderland and it was just you know just things like that maybe like I say you, you could maybe get away with Man United because you can chop and change but 
for us at Cardiff, I think for me, I, I maybe just struggled a little bit with that mindset that mm-hmm. you could go from not being involved one week to, to starting the game the next week when um, not a lot has changed in that seven days. Now, I know I asked you about Elton John at Watford. I'm hoping that you've had some encounters with Vincent Tan at, uh, at Cardiff because he was... Um, well, pretty, pretty mad to, to see. Well, from the from the outside, anyway, he looked a bit of a an eccentric owner, to say the least. You know, I just remember those those trousers, you know, halfway up the up the waist. Um, did you have any encounters with uh, Mister Tan himself? Yeah, we we, we used to um, we used to have the satisfaction of him coming into the dressing room now and again before <laughs> a game. Um, <laughs> he would uh, he would walk around every player and, and shake their hand. He, there was a certain couple of players that he would stop and have a conversation with, uh, probably because they were the key players. Uh, Craig Bellamy being one, and mm-hmm. and Peter Whittingham was another. Who were you know the two massive players for the time at the time for the club. So uh, you know it was. I think when he got to Don Cowie, probably wasn't quite sure who I was, and shook my hand and then carried on walking, but. Uh, nah, I was, you know, people, the, the things that he did at the club, he changed the the strip colour and the badge, right, etc. Right, yeah. Which which was very bold, um, but we were we were very successful at the time, and we actually won the league that season. So um, it seems like they've they found a happy medium since then, and it seems to be um, a bit more. Uh, Friendly, the relationship between the fans and themselves, which is which is great to see now. But uh, and another story, we, we used to uh, you have to sing, you know, the initiation song when yeah. you go to an away game. Uh, you'd have to do your song when you were staying in the hotel, and uh, we were playing Spurs away in the the Premier League, and it was uh, his first away game, and he was at the hotel with us. Um, so we're sitting uh, eating our our food and. Next minute, Ollie Gunner um, stands up and he's like, "Right, Chairman, um, hope you're aware that this is your first away trip, so you have to sing." And you could just see his, that big grin of his. He's looking as if say, "What, what do you mean?" You know, he's looking at his uh, his uh, friend that he used to have with him to almost translate as if to say, "You know, what's going on here?" But fair play to him. He stood up and he, he gave a rendition rendition of uh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe he might have gone rather oh Tom Jones something like that you know just uh, playing the Welsh theme but no no fair 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 enough fair play I'm forgetting up there uh, you leave Cardiff after that summer uh, you, you you spent a year and a half at Wigan um, before you moved back to Scotland um, to join to join Hearts um, a club that you spent uh, a couple of years with before moving back to Ross County and you know, as I, as I mentioned at the start, everyone knows that I've got uh, Hearts Persuasion and um, some good moments in a heart shirt as well. I want to talk to you though about Rob, Robbie Nielsen was the manager when you when you signed for Hearts. Robbie Nielsen, probably within a year, I think, moves to, to MK Dons. Ian Cathro comes in. Now, he's obviously someone that the press made a, a big thing about at the time. It was interesting. I listened to... To uh, open goals interview with Kyle Lafferty recently, and he talked about Ian Cathro, and and it, he found it just a, a wee bit a wee bit odd for him. How was the the kind of Ian Cathro experience for you? Because he's someone who's gone on to, I mean, he's coaching at an incredibly high level. He's he's coaching at the Premier League 
for Wolves and was involved with Newcastle. But how was Ian Cathro for you? You know, I feel sorry for Ian because, you know, he's a young young manager at the time. Um, and as you know, and as I know, Hearts is a massive football club. Um, and when he came in, uh, Robbie had left. We were second in the league. We had just beaten Rangers um, the night before and then he, he leaves to go to MK. So we're in, we're in a great position at the time. There's a lots of, um, you know, young players that have come through the academy that's playing in the team. But football's about opinions and, he, you know, he comes in and he, he wants to change things. He, he plays a different way. Um, he sees the game differently. From my point of view, you know, I, I was captain numerous times for him. So, you know, I had a good relationship with him. Um, I felt at ease, you know, alongside him and, and listening to him. His training sessions were very good. Ones that I use myself now because he's got great ideas. But the the one thing that he did lack and he struggled with was probably the the interaction with players um, and the man management side because you, know, you have a big squad of players and you know he didn't really need to to have me on on his side. You know, people like myself or John Suter or Jamie Walker at the time, because that's that's almost in our DNA. We you know we play, we train hard, and we we, we get on with things. It's probably the other players that you need to to build those relationships with, and he didn't quite manage to do that. And that's probably where the the fallout came on the on the playing side, and then the the press side. You know, it's something that you get better with uh, with experience but he, he probably just wasn't used to that side of it um, and he struggled and then you know what the press is like once they, they get a hold of something then they don't let it go and they were just waiting for any mistake or any bad result um, for him at the club and you know like I said I do feel sorry for him but at the same time you know he's reflected on it he was big enough that you know I've met him a couple of times since and mm-hmm. You know, wanted to meet meet for a coffee and, and ask what I felt he could improve on and, and what he could have done better at his time at the club. So you know, he knows that there was there was things that he, he could have done better, um, and I just hope that he gets that opportunity again because it's you know I'd hate to to think that he'll um, he'll never get that opportunity when you know he's got some great ideas. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, do you think that he'll get get back in? I mean, he's obviously got a very impressive CV as a coach. Probably the, the the main decision that he has is whether maybe the coaching side's more appealing to him, mm-hmm. you know, because like I say, he is an, an excellent coach. Um, you know, some of the, the drills and, and sessions that he did did with us were brilliant stuff that I've never seen before in my career. Um, and like I say, I, I tried to use some of them because I enjoyed them that much and I can see the, the thinking and the method behind it. But being a manager is totally different. And than being a coach you know you've got to deal with so many other things like I say dealing with personalities of, of different players dealing with the media side um, and it's something that he probably had never had to do before until he got to Hearts and he was probably um, you know maybe hung out to dry a little bit just in terms of what was around him uh, coaching staff wise because he did have um Austin McPhee at the time, who is very good himself mm-hmm. at the analyst side uh, and stat side, 
but I think if there was maybe someone else in there with the two of them, that would have made a huge difference. Maybe just someone with a, a bit more experience uh, within the game, and that could that's all it could have taken just to to really uh, to make it work. Now Craig Levine replaces Ian Cathro as as manager. Um, your time at Hearts, I mean, you you had some terrific moments at Hearts. You scored a winner against Hibs, which is always looked upon favourably by uh, is it? Well, I, I think I think you got the last touch. You definitely got a touch in there. So, well, oh, I got I got a touch. Yeah. Ah, it's uh, it's uh, well, claim it as yours. Um, beating four nil. Uh, sorry, beating Celtic four nil and. Celtic, of course, under Brendan Rodgers. That you know, Brendan Rodgers comes up in the storyline once again. That was the the um, the Celtic side who'd gone unbeaten for so long. Hearts beat them four 0 that day. And I mean, you mentioned some of the younger guys. Harry Cochran, for for example, was immense that day. And 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 I always laugh at the picture. I think it's it's you stroking Scott Brown's head, and it looks almost um, uh, monkey monkey like is probably a nice way of putting it. But anyway, you know, you had some you had some good moments in in a maroon jersey. I you know I absolutely loved it at Hearts. I know um, results wise, and like I say, it didn't. You know, under Robbie, it was very good, and then it was a bit up and down after that. But you know, I absolutely loved it. It's a it's a brilliant football club that is just waiting for someone to to really grab hold of it. Um, and like I say, I think that will happen now that. That Robbie's back at the club, but even you know the people off, you know that aren't on the football side, um, the coaching wise, it's a fantastic club. The fans are unbelievable. Yes, you know when it's not going well, it's it can be intimidating to play at, and I've seen a few people you know really struggle with that in the, the time that I was there. Mm-hmm. But I think they just as long as they see a player who is given a hundred percent for the for their club then then they're happy um, and I try to do that every time yeah I've played bad at times good at times and different but as long as you give 100% that's all you can do and you know wearing the armband for the you know when I was at Hearts I absolutely loved it and it's you know one of the highlights of, of my career because I probably didn't realise how big a club it was until I got there you know it was one of those I'm, I'm leaving Wigan um, and you've got a few options, and one of them was Hearts, and you know I thought it was a great time to, to go back to Scotland, etc. But I probably didn't realise what the club entailed, and it probably took me a, a three or four months to realise what it was all about. Uh, but when I was there, you know I absolutely loved it. You know it's a it's a great um, stadium to play in. You mm-hmm. know when you're playing in playing at Tynecastle, you know against Hibs or or Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen. Um, you'll do well to, to find a better place to play. Now you leave Hearts in 2018 and the story comes full circle. It's a kind of fitting end uh, to, to the story of, of your career because you're back at Ross County uh, under Stuart Kettlewell and, and Stevie Ferguson. Stevie Ferguson, an ex-teammate of yours as well. A, a return to Ross County, was that a bit of a, a no-brainer coming, you know, coming back to the Highlands and signing for, for a county again? Uh, I've got to be honest, it took a bit of time just because... I had a year left at Hearts. I didn't right. have to leave. Um, like I say, I loved it. My family, my poor family, was settled again. Um, you know, the kids were getting older. They're in, both in school by this stage. Um, my wife's got a job, so you've got all that to take into account. Um, so it was, it was a big decision. But 
you're starting to think, um, you know, I wanted to, to go back to Ross County. One, it was a championship. I wanted to help the club, you know, try and get back to the Premier League. Two, I had aspirations to, you know, I'd, I'd done my B licence and my A licence from a coaching. So you start thinking that way. Um, it's a good opportunity to, to maybe the transition of when you stop playing. And three, it's a club that, that means so much to me in the area and, and you know, obviously being from it and I know all about it and it's a it's a great area for the for the kids to grow up. Um so when you when I took that all into account, yes it was difficult at the start in terms of moving, you know, my kids my poor oldest daughter Ava who when looking back she started uh, primary school in Wales. She then had a she had a couple of years in um when we were at Wigan and then she has a couple of years when I'm at Hearts near Edinburgh and then she finishes off her primary school in, in the in Rosshire. So um you know, things like that it's, yeah. it's, it is tough but, you know, thankfully for me, like I say, I've had such a supportive uh, family, you know, my wife Shelley and the kids, it's been unbelievable. Now, as I say, it's kind of fitting in because you you, you win the championship with Ross County. They win the double that year, and last season, your your final season as a as a footballer, you you, you play for County in the top flight. You know, very early into your you know your Ross County career, there there was a there's chance of you know fighting for promotion, and that was the very much the aim back in in the you know the early stages of your you know your Ross County days. But you know, come full circle, and you're and you're you're representing Ross County in the in the top flight. You're now coaching, as we said at the very start, you're now part of Stuart Kettlewell's uh, backroom staff. Uh, I know there's been a bit of a reshuffle. Uh, Ferg's moved to uh, chief executive, but under under Stuart and Richard Britton as well, and yourself, uh, it looks like a you know, a real a real good unit and a and a unit that knows, you know, what it what it means to uh, what it, what Ross County means for the, the for the fans and it's a you know a real Ross County unit a, a Ross County trio you could call yourselves. Yeah, I think we we all know what the club's all about. We've all given an awful lot of our career to the club. Um, you know, we're all you know similar ages. We're, we all have similar beliefs. I think we were all again similar players in that we give a hundred percent when we played. You know, yeah, we had little bits of ability here and there, but we you know. Our games were were based around giving a hundred percent, and that's the way we are as coaches as well. You know, we we're all committed to it. Um, we all feel that we were a bit different personality wise in in terms of what we can add to it. Um, so when I was asked to, to join the the sort of group and and be part of the management, um, it's an exciting opportunity and a, a great one for myself. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed working under um, Stuart and Fergie. I thought they were a great partnership. The club decided to go a different direction. I was, the, you know, I was taking the under 18s with uh, Liam Fontaine for the last sort of 15 months. So mm-hmm. I was starting to get on the the coaches' side there. I worked with with Richie a lot when I was injured last season. Um, I would help him with the reserves, so I built built up a a good relationship with him there and I know what he's all about so then you know tying that in to, to be part of the first team and, and be a coach with the first team it, it was a great opportunity and you know a lot of the 
lot of the players are my friends because they were my teammates for the last two seasons. Yeah. But, um, you know, I know that'll change slightly, but you know, hopefully, I can you know almost be a link between the management and the players because I know how a lot of them think and I know how a lot of them work. Um, so hopefully, I can help on on both sides. And like I say, really looking forward to to things and and how uh, this season goes. Well done. We wish you all the best, and we wish you and Ross County all the best for the season ahead. It all kicks off on Monday night against Motherwell. I know that there's um, there's plans in place to stream the game to supporters, and we hope that um, you know supporters can start to return to the stadium uh, in the, in due course. But thanks for the time this evening. We could have spent all night talking about uh, your career. I feel like we've kind of glossed over it in, in the hour because there's so much more we can go into. Um, and we could probably spend all night talking about hearts, to be honest, but that's for another podcast. Uh, but Don, appreciate your time and, and all the best for the season ahead. No problem. Thank you very much.